Welcome in, everybody, to the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Your two favorite youth pastors, Kyle and Derek, back for another episode of what is probably your favorite podcast. I don't want to make any assumptions, but... Definitely the most unique. Uh, probably, yeah. Unless we've got... I mean, there's there's somebody listening to a History of Legos podcast that would probably be more unique than this, but... That, that actually sounds insanely interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. I Legos are one of the most classic toys growing up as a kid that take very little... I mean, you get into like, you know, you got this box of Legos that yep. makes the Battlestar Galactica or the Death Star. For like Star. $400. Right, yeah, so they are very expensive. But you break it down to just like the standard blocks of Legos and just a bin of you know hundreds of those that takes very little imagination on the part of like whoever invented Legos. Right, 100%. like we're just we're just gonna make a bunch of bricks yeah. and raise up the next generation of laborers. <laughs> you know what? I needed to correct you after watching the show Lego Masters. Oh, great show! Great, great show. show. It's one of those things where it's actually pronounced Lego and not Legos. There is no plural s on this. That's true. That's so you were well, incorrect. I, is if if there are plural Legos, is is it like uh, cactus, like uh, like cactus or fish? Like one fish or multiple fish is the same. Um, or I, I guess you could throw moose in there here too. That's true. Yeah, like meese. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to consult good friend of the show. Uh, Jacob was it Jacob Webster? Yes. Uh, no, it wasn't Something. Jacob. We'll have to figure it out. I don't even remember his name. Noah Webster. Noah Webster. There it was. Well done. Well done. Whew. Saved it. That was close. Uh, now we are diving in today to, and a- I feel it's important to note our uh, <laughs> venue here because periodically uh, we might have to jump off here because um, we are off site today. We are off site outside of our recording studio. Is that what we're called today? Uh, typically, we are recording in my office, uh, you know, at uh, at the church that I work at. But we've got uh, schedule changes and and some different things going on. So we are actually recording uh, at Derek's kitchen table, which is a fantastic venue. Um, you know, there's as Derek was about to mention, he, there's a small chance that you know there might be some small voices in the background, but. Uh, <laughs> but I gotta say that, uh, you know, we, we thought the same thing when we did our live at camp episode, uh, that, that there were going to be some different things in the background. And I listened back to that one and, you know, big hand to our audio producer extraordinaire, Nathan for, uh, cutting out just about everything. You could hardly even tell that we were live at camp. So, uh, we say that now and you guys probably won't even be able to tell, but 100%. Uh, anyways, uh, quick question of the day. Uh, before we dive into the episode, did you, Derek, do any extracurricular activities in high school? I did. I ran track, um, which for two years, that was my junior and senior year. Um, and then I also played basketball from like fourth grade through 10th grade. And then I quit because I was no good. And you were no good or you weren't tall enough. Uh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was one and the same. Yeah, um, obviously. You know, and then I also raised BMX. Uh, for that Ooh. was I I did that from like age five to eighteen. So I would say that was probably like my main sport, which I don't lead with often because people are like, "What? 
is that even a sport? Like, how is that? And they immediately think like the tricks, like oh, when sure. they hear BMX, yeah, you're doing- they think of like the half pipe and like people doing like 360s and that stuff. It's like nothing like that. It's like motocross, but with pedal bikes, basically. Yeah. No, so. I actually, I have a cousin that, uh, that raced BMX growing up and then now his kids. Actually, he, nice. his kids got into it and he, as a result, he got back into it. And so he, they were just down in Oklahoma a couple weekends ago doing a big nationals uh, race. Uh, it was cool to see both him and his, and his kids, uh, you know, obviously not racing in the same race, but, you know, racing at the same uh, you know, the same championships, which was cool. But, uh, yeah, no, I did, uh, I did quite a few different sports growing up, um, played, uh, football from fourth grade through 10th grade. Um, I played baseball and soccer as a kid growing up, played basketball through my freshman year of high school. And then, uh, track and field was the one that I ended up going all the way through high school with, uh, started playing track or running track. You don't play track, but, started running track when I was in eighth grade and, uh, took that one all the way through high school. Uh, and then, you know, there were some different musical pursuits, I guess, uh, in there. And I was actually a uh, little known fact about me. I was in a, uh, a one act play, uh, when I was in eighth grade, uh, super, super fun. It was, I don't even remember the name of it, but I remember that my character's name was Jack, uh, and, and it was kind of set in a schoolhouse venue. And so I was, I was Jack and I was like the troublemaker kid, uh, in this one classroom. Uh, and, and that was kind of my role in that play. So that was, uh, that was really, really, really funny. That was my one acting experience. I am available uh, for hire if anybody has any more acting they want me to do, but, uh, that was other than that. It's a good thing you're a youth pastor. Cause I cannot see you having a career in acting. Are you kidding me? I would be a phenomenal actor. I don't. I don't. Even, I don't know if that bodes well for your heresy. students. That's heresy. I would be a phenomenal actor. Um, I think you know what the problem is. When I was growing up, I was really good at lying, and acting is basically just lying about who you are. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an intense description. Oh my word. I mean, like, I'm just going to take on this entirely different persona. I mean, for, for this period of time, that's that basically lying, what acting though? is. Well, it's, is that to say that if really. you're pretending that you're lying? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe not, but that's fine. Uh, no, we, the reason that I wanted to ask this question at the beginning of this episode was because, you know, we're, we're kind of calling this episode. I can't come to church you know, because I have blank. Yep. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot that our students are involved with outside of church activities. Uh, obviously, uh, all of the parents listening appreciate it when we say school and schoolwork as the first thing on that list. Yep. Uh, schoolwork's important. Um, you know, sports, Derek and I just mentioned, we were involved in several sports growing up. Uh, and, and even within the sports realm, uh, you know, you've obviously got like sports for your team or for your school, uh, you know, school sports, high school sports, uh, especially in the middle school ages, uh, you can also have traveling teams, yep. uh, you know, for, for high school, you have traveling teams that'll be in the off season right. of the actual sport. I've got a lot of kids, especially doing that with soccer, uh, where, where obviously, you know, fall in Minnesota anyway, the fall 
season is is when soccer is for high school, but then they will play winter, spring, and summer traveling soccer teams. Uh, and then you can do like private lessons as well. There's there's a lot that goes into yep. sports. Yeah, and I would say this is something where I've even seen a shift in the commitment to sports in the last five to 10. I mean, so we graduated in 13. I graduated in 13. You graduated in 13 as well, yep. correct? So, you know, like all of these things were still in play, but I vividly remember being, you know, going to basketball practice on Wednesday nights and practice was over earlier because, oh, yeah, you know, 100%. church was coming, you know, and we never, and I mean, literally never had games on Wednesdays and, and all this type of stuff. And uh, there's been a changing of the guard over time. I, I will cut in here to say the one exception to that, and this is always, this is a Minnesota thing potentially, mm-hmm. Uh, but in with Minnesota schools, uh, they have uh, what's called MEA, Minnesota Education Association. Yep. Uh, there, there's like a two-day break in October uh, where kids have off Thursday and Friday. And it typically, not typically, it does fall on the last week of the regular season for football. Correct. And so every year, all of the football teams have their last regular season varsity game on that Wednesday night. That, yep. that has always always been a thing, uh, you know, to get those games in before MEA weekend. Um, but that's, you know, that, that is the one instance I could ever think of right. growing up where there was a school sanctioned activity on a Wednesday night, which was almost a special thing anyway, because of that weekend, a lot of times, you know, in Minnesota, our Minnesota youth convention, you know, would fall Thursday, Friday of that weekend. And right. so, you know, sometimes like I know I grew up where Wednesday night, that particular Wednesday was like, at the game, you're like, hey, let's go cheer on our fellow peers, our fellow students, whatever that was. But like, it was like a hard stop for sports of we don't do stuff on Wednesdays. And that really has changed over the last five to 10 years. Now it's where you have games of multiple different sports on a Wednesday, uh, like practices. It's down to gym time. It's down to field time. It's whatever is available. So uh, they really, quite frankly, don't really care what extracurricular happens outside of the sports on Wednesdays. And there's just, there's just a more of a, a commitment, you know, like I said, I raced bikes for, you know, a lot of years and, um, you know, I've, I've talked to some people who are currently into it now and you have 10 year olds, 11 year olds drinking protein shakes and, you know, hitting the weight room and trying to get that edge in their sport, which I never took a protein shake for BMX racing. Are you kidding me? Like I would, <laughs> I, I would slam a Mountain Dew on the way to the track and, you know, like just, just well, do my thing. So did, did you win? I did. I was oh, actually, right, I was well. actually pretty good at BMX racing for a while. There's a, there's a cardboard box down in Derek's basement with a bunch of trophies in it. Um, I gave most of them away, but I did ah. take a picture once. Um, and it filled up a picnic table of, nice. of trophies. All right. So all right. it, it was, like it, it was respectable, but all that to say, like, there's just, there's a different attitude, a different intensity to, I think the sport level, uh, in 2022 and beyond. And I just think that's something that can be problematic for church. Yeah, I agree with that. And we'll dive into, uh, you know, we got some more thoughts to, to share on, on high school sports and sports in general, uh, coming up, especially from two sports junkies, but, uh, other things that, that kids might find, uh, themselves involved with, uh, music is a huge one. Uh, you know, like marching band or, or choirs or different things through school. Obviously, lessons, again, is another big one with, with music. Uh, if you play an instrument or, or vocal lessons, piano lessons are always really big. Um, theater is another huge one uh, when it comes to 
uh, students time. Uh, and that could be most of the time, probably through school. Uh, but community theater, obviously another big thing as well. Uh, volunteer work is something that's probably worth mentioning because, uh, nowadays students are absolutely, I don't even know that students are obsessed with it, but students are forced to, uh, build that college resume as yep. soon as possible. 100%. Uh, so you got to get that volunteer work in. And then a job. Uh, a lot of times, uh, especially as students get into their sophomore, junior, and senior year, they're going to start working a job uh, that's going to you know, occupy 10, 15, 20 hours of their week uh, or potentially even more. And so they've got to figure out how to juggle uh, that as well. Um, Derek, am I missing anything here? One thing I was going to mention, this is a little more obscure and it's not as common, but it's definitely been something I've seen over the years is that there are some just families in which maybe they run a small business. Maybe they um, are farmers and, you know, during harvest time, it's all hands on deck. And so, you know, there, there are certain elements in which all of a sudden now, uh, we need to be, you know, here. We need to be in this kind. Of, this could fit into that job realm, but it's not just, you know, uh, job. Maybe, maybe you have an elderly grandparent or or an ailing parent who need to be at home to help care for them. And so, I think it's important to mention that. I know that's more of a case by case, and it doesn't necessarily fit right into the realm of what we're talking about today. But there, there are certain family dynamics in which uh, it can just kind of take up some time in a student's week. Yeah, and this is not meant to be an exhaustive list. Uh, I think that student government would be another one that that comes to my mind. Right, hundred percent uh, could take up some time. But the question with all of this is, where does church fall? Uh, you know, in the priority list, like how important is church attendance to you? And so we want to break this down and talk about this question from and and just this idea of extracurricular activities from a couple different perspectives. And the first one is going to be just as a youth pastor, which is shocking that we're going to talk about this right? Uh, on how not to be a youth pastor. But, but like, I, I think to clarify, you're saying we're talking, you know, to our fellow youth pastors here about here are just some things to, for you to consider as a youth pastor. Yeah. There, the reality is that there are things going on in your students' lives besides church. Uh, they are not, you're not going to have... 50 kids that every day after school, they come out and hang out at church for five hours and just learn about the Bible. Uh, that'd be sweet. That'd be a lot of work, but it's just not a reality. Right. And so how can you help play these other things to your advantage as a youth pastor? I think one of the great ways would be to uh, just literally go and attend a student's event. Yep. Uh, you know, they've got a soccer game, they've got a choir concert, wh- whatever it is, go and, and show up and be supportive. And you even get bonus points if you can get other students to come along with you, yep. to, you know, to check this out and to, to be there. Right. Cause then, then all of a sudden now you're developing a community and a culture within your youth ministry of saying, Hey, we support each other. But you know, it's one of those things as your ministry grows and as you continue to just invest, you're going to have more and more students that you want to pour into and invest into. And your time is limited, especially if mm-hmm. you've got, you know, things going on in your personal life. And so it's one of those things where instead of sitting there, you know, stressing out, how am I going to connect with, Jill and how am I going to connect with Bob and like you can combine these two things where you go to the game together grab a meal afterwards and like you it can be a really really fun bonding experience when you go and do this together yeah and you think about you know just from a time efficiency standpoint not that that has to be your total focus as a youth pastor but 
going to Bob's soccer game as Derek so creatively came up with. We've had Abe. We've had that's Noah true. We've, Webster. we've got some pretty yeah. good uh, fictional characters that we bring onto our show yeah. from time to time. But we go to Bob's soccer game. That really means a lot to Bob that mm-hmm. we were there. But that's also an hour and a half where we're not really doing anything. Uh, you know, if we were to go out to lunch with, who was the other one? Jill. Jill. Uh, you know, we go out to lunch with Jill. All right, that's cool. If we can combine those, like Bob feels supported and, you know, we hang out with Jill for an hour and a half. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Side note, you're at a high school soccer game. There's probably going to be some parents of your youth kids there. Correct. Uh, you know, so connecting with them can also be, uh, also be a huge win. So yeah, going to students events is, uh, that's always a good idea. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things I think you have to kind of be, and we're going to talk about this as well, but like so much of this is when you're trying to leverage, uh, you know, what kids have going on outside of church, it's partly on you to be proactive and prepared for what's going on. So in the case of attending a student's event, I can tell you right now on my desk, I have a printed schedule of our entire high school varsity football schedule. On the back of that, I have all of the cross-country meets locations and times because when I'm looking at my calendar, at least in my life where I've got two kids, a wife, and I'm doing a bunch of other things, it's not good enough for me just to be like, oh, I'm going to see if there's anything going on tonight. Like that, It just doesn't happen. So you have to go, hey, I'm going to this game here tonight you know, or or. Like I, I'm, I know I'm going to attract me here in two weeks. Like it's two weeks out. So that helps me to say, Hey, you know, if I'm trying to meet with a student, I can kind of be proactive and plan that. The other thing you should probably look at is when you're looking at your calendar is instead of competing with these really, really big things that are happening in a student's life, like look ahead and, and, and look at what's going on in the school district and plan accordingly, you know, like look up when is spring break happening for your school district? Like that's probably not a night to launch a brand new sermon series or a brand new thing you're doing. Like yep. be proactive. That's, that's when you bring the guest speaker in. hundred <laughs> percent. Or, or uh, just to be real, like that's one of those where it's like, Hey, we're just doing a fun connect night. Or yeah. you know what? Like if you're like, you know what? This is a good pause for my leaders and I just to hit the pause button or I'm going on vacation. Like do that instead of like losing a Wednesday and having to plan it like, go during spring break. You know, this is one of those things. When is homecoming? When is prom? When's the first day in the last day of school? What are the long weekends? All these types of things will go into naturally your students and their families will go according to that calendar. And so instead of fighting it, instead of trying to like just impose your will upon them, make it jive with the school calendar because that's what everyone else is naturally going to follow. Yeah, looking at the school calendar is really important. Uh, even if you live, you know, I like I'm doing ministry in a context where there are many, many different schools that our students are going to. Yeah, but they're all pretty much generally on the same you know school schedule. Yeah, uh, the the public school system is the one that primarily runs the buses. And so even the private schools will typically follow a very similar schedule so that they can be on the same bus schedule yep. uh, as those as those public bigger schools. Uh, but looking at the school schedule is important. I think also looking at the makeup of the students in your youth ministry can give you a lot of insight and, and help with this as well. If you've got a lot of students that are all in the same particular activity together, uh, you know, scheduling around that 
can be really, really beneficial for you. Looking at you know when they have games, when are their playoffs uh, would be another thing to you know to look, be able to look at and uh, avoid scheduling over the top of. Uh, and, and this is an event that I'll bring up. Uh, you know, working in conjunction with high school sports, uh, and this works better when you are ministering in a single school town. Uh, you know, for example, Derek and I have mentioned like I am a little bit more urban than than Derek is. Mm-hmm. Derek's pulling. I don't know how many. How many of you, what percentage of your kids would you say come from St. Francis? Ninety, ninety-five. Yeah, yeah. And, and so. You know, for St. Francis, like you're not scheduling a game on a football night, right. probably. Right. And so, however, I have seen some uh, churches do an event. I've most often seen it called like a fifth quarter Correct. event, yep. where on a Friday night, particularly after a home football game, yep. uh, the church will host some sort of event, uh, you know, bonfire or games or movie or whatever. Uh, for students after they went to the football game. Yeah. Uh, you know, typically high school football game, if it's starting at seven, probably gets over around nine. Uh, so, hey, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, come over to the church. We're going to have a bonfire, uh, have an outdoor movie night, whatever it is. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of churches do that really well. That does work much better when a lot of your kids go to the same high school so that they, they can all go to the game together, then they can all come to church together. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if that team is home, then pretty much all your kids are are there. Yep. If you're ministering in a context where there's a lot of different high schools, this one's got an away game, this one's got a home game, it's going to be a lot more uh, discombobulated. Yeah. And I, I would say as an overall just perspective here is we are not we are not enemies of the school district. We are not enemies of extracurriculars. We want students to thrive in what they're gifted in. God's gifted them in whether it's band, whether it's a sport, whether it is just being really good at their job. Like it's not our responsibility. It's not our, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not our right to come in here and say, Hey, where are your priorities at? Like you shouldn't do that. You should only be at church. Like it's not what we're saying. You know, we're, we're saying here is like, how can we work in tandem with what our kids are passionate about? Because they really should be working together and not against each other. Absolutely. So this is where, you know, I, we, we full, full heartedly, that's not right. We wholeheartedly agree with what Derek just said, right? God has gifted every single one of our students individually, uniquely, and greatly, uh, and so there are a lot of things that, that passions that he's given them that we want them to pursue. However, this next perspective, like we, we just talked to youth pastors about kind of how we can integrate this and how we can work, make this work with us and not against us. Uh, the next thing that we want to do is talk to parents and students, uh, about kind of this avenue, uh, you know, sports, uh, other activities, even schoolwork itself. Like these are all great things. Uh, and, and Derek and I are absolutely not going to say, you know, you need to do none of them. Uh, schoolwork, especially do that. (laughs) Um, but what, what's the main goal I think is, is the question that we want to ask here. You know, I think I saw this stat, something like 0.006% of high school athletes will eventually go pro. 
which is one in 16,000 or something like that. It's, it's an incredibly, incredibly small number. And kind of the challenge that I want to issue to parents and students is not to let the activities of your faith slip below the extracurriculars on the priority list. And and that's not to say that your attendance at every single church event needs to be 100%. Uh, you know, we, we track our attendance for our students on Wednesday nights. And over the last three years, we've maybe had two or three students hit 100% over the course of just one school year. You'll, you'll miss a Wednesday night here or there. That's just fine. And we're not saying that that's terrible. Uh, I, I think the encouragement is to just not to let it become normal, right? Uh, you know, I, I've had students, and, and Derek, I'm sure you could say the same thing. I've had students come to me and say, I can't come on Wednesday nights for the next three months, right? Because I have, uh, you know, I, I got into this sports season and all of our games are on Wednesday nights or we have practice every Wednesday night or, or we have practice that goes until six and I don't feel like showering and getting to church without eating by seven o'clock or, <laughs> you know, different <laughs> things like that. Uh, to be fair, some of them are rank when they get out of their thing. That's true. I, you know, our church uh, used to have a, uh, not technically a shower, but a place where one could shower if that's what they wanted to do. Like it, it's it's more just a almost a drain space, but it you know can be used <laughs> as a shower. And I actually did use it as a shower once because uh, way back before I was a youth pastor, I was a youth leader at the church, and we did a. I, I think it was raising money for missions and we had an incentive based goal program here where, you know, if, if we hit, you know, X amount of dollars given to missions, then this leader is going to dye his hair. And if we have X amount of dollars, whatever, well, mine was, if we hit whatever amount it was, the students get to build an ice cream sundae on my face. Oh, good. <laughs> and so we did it and they got really carried away with like the chocolate naturally uh, yep. syrup. And so I was like, screw it. And I just like basically, I, I didn't like strip down and fully take a shower, but I like turned it on and just like hosed off my entire head uh, in this space. But may, there are, there are some middle schoolers. My point is that could maybe use a space like that in a church, uh, on a regular basis. That's fire. <laughs> um, are you going to disagree with me? I mean, no, I mean, I, I, from the pulpit before we went to camp, I asked our church to pray for me because of the stench. And I thought you were going to say that from the pulpit, you could smell like some no. of the kids. I will say that it's amazing to me. I mean, we, we left on Monday and the, the bus still smelled. Before we even got to camp. You know what? The other thing too is not that it's necessarily, I'd, I'd like hereditary is the wrong word, but there are families where like they've got siblings and they all smell. Yeah. And you're like, what is like, do you, I, I'll go get like a bar of soap and send it home with you if you want. Yep. Like, come on, man. You got to help deodorant. out. You got to help me out a little bit. <laughs> I, you'll appreciate this. Uh, there is a stick of deodorant in the closet at no. our church. Yeah. Yes. It is, it, it is not well known, but it is communal in this, which is disgusting. But there have been times where we said, Hey, 
Like, go put on deodorant because this is disgusting. I feel like if you're going to do that, it's got to be a spray-based deodorant, kind of an aerosol situation. It's it's more of an incentive for you to put your own deodorant on because, like, that's, that's disgusting, fair, you know? know? Like, you also can't do that to the new kid. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it to a student. We've, we've had adults. We there have a, had adults that have done this, so. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, you know, talking about. Um, it wouldn't be the Youth Pastor Podcast that's without true. an insane rabbit trail. That's true. Uh, you know, we had, we had a parent event a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, which I highly encourage youth pastors to, to do this. Like your parents growing uh, and, and not to say like, you know, your parents need to grow and you don't. Like we did this parent event and I got a ton out of it. Uh, but we had a parent event a couple weeks ago and the speakers that came in were talking about, uh, basically corporate worship with your family and the importance of experiencing that together. And the quote that he had just kind of rocked me. He said, our family made the decision to go to church on a Sunday morning once. And, And what he meant by that is there, there was one time where we decided this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We go to church as a family, as a whole family on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And it's not a negotiable thing. Like, hey, we are staying up really late and uh, we're not going to you know, go to church tomorrow because we want to sleep in. No, we get up and we go to church and then maybe we take a nap Sunday afternoon. Uh, but that was just, it was a cool dedication to see that going to church it doesn't have to be a, a flippant thing if you don't want it to be. Right. When I would say that, you know, to parents, it's just something I would, I would challenge as we're, I wouldn't say stepping on toes here, but this is something where I think we, we are, we are challenging and we are kind of like, you know, pushing the status quo, but like, uh, I would go and dare say that, you know, COVID, one thing that COVID brought to us um, in excess was online church. You know, you had, you had churches who would stream and go online pre-COVID, but your, your, your normal local church likely didn't have anything crazy outside of maybe an iPhone on a, on a tripod, you know, just streaming your services. But when COVID came, you needed online church. You needed a streaming platform. And, you know, the thing that I think what that did is it made church accessible in such a way as to, you know, we're not going to go to church today. I'll just right. watch online. Yep. You know, I'll sleep in. Um, you know, we got stuff going on. And you know, if, you, if, if all you're doing is going to church is purely for an intake of information, yeah, okay, like, that probably gets the job done, but that's not what the church was created to be. Mm-hmm. The church was created to be a body. It was supposed to be a, a cohesive unit where people are are being there for each other physically. It's a two-way street. And so I say all of that to say that if the priority is not to make it to a church on a Sunday morning, your students are likely not going to find it a priority to get to Wednesday nights either. Right. You know, like if, 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 if church is a flippant decision for you, as you were saying, if it's just one, something where week by week going, ah, do we want to go to church or not today? That's going to be reciprocated in the way your students approach your youth ministry. And so if getting, if getting your kids to be a regular, getting them into a rhythm of what's going on on a, on a Wednesday night in a youth ministry, it's going to have to start with the parents saying, Hey, we're not just going to youth group on Wednesdays. We're going to make it proud to go to church together on Sundays. And, you know, I think if you, you really can't have one without the other, there are case by case, but 
I do think that is something that as parents, as leaders in the home, it's important to realize what kind of message are we sending to our, to our kids? Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, even on Wednesday nights, a lot of churches, depending on the size of the church and what's going on, a lot of churches have adult classes or, or, you know, groups or different things going on on Wednesday nights as well. Uh, and, and you could say this about Wednesdays almost as easily as you could say about Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hey, going to Wednesday nights, like outside of like sickness and a couple other things, like it's not a decision. It's just a thing that we do. Yeah. And so I, yeah, we're not trying to, uh, you know, sound like, hey, you have to come to our thing and not anything else. But at the same time, and and this is this is going to sound harsh, but you got to hear the heart behind it. We're more important. Uh, <laughs> your faith is more important than the sport you are playing. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to go extended periods of time without going to a Wednesday night or you're, you know, without plugging into church in general, or it's your attendance is really flippant, you know, it's like every other week or every third week, that's going to be reflected in your faith. You're going to start to see things slip a little bit. Uh, and, and we don't want that. Mm -hmm. And so parents, you guys get to set the tone for this, but students, like at some point your faith has to be yours and not your parents anyway. You, you can take some responsibility here. And so, you know, not signing up for too many activities might be one of the solutions. Uh, you know, this one, it might be, well, this is going to be the second most controversial thing I'm going to say, uh, telling a coach or, or a teacher that if there's a practice on a Wednesday night after a certain time that you're not going to be there. Like that might be what, you know, the, the decision that you have to make. I said, that's the second most, uh, controversial thing I'm going to say, cause here's the first one. Uh, you might not play a sport year round. Uh, you know, Derek and I mentioned the sports landscape has changed a lot over the last 10 years when it comes to middle school and high school sports in America. Studies overwhelmingly show that it is terrible on your body, especially as a young person, to play a single sport year round. At least having a season where you play a different sport, but ideally having some sort of off season. And and you can still train and work out and do different things. Like you're not going to be behind if you are not playing that sport 24 seven, 365. But you know, we like a week ago from when this episode came out, uh, there was a Thursday night football game between Justin Herbert and the chargers and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes and the, uh, and the chiefs, like two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I loved that they highlighted on during the broadcast that both of them were actually not super highly recruited football players, but they both played basketball and were good at it. And they both played baseball as well. They were three sport athletes. They did not train with private quarterback coaches year round. Mm -hmm. They played three different sports. And that is so like, this is not a, you know, amateur athletics podcast, but there are so many studies that show that playing a single sport year round is not ideal for your body. That's where stress fractures come from most often. Yeah. And it's, even as we're saying this, I know there are, 
I mean, I can think of some students in my youth ministry who sports are a huge deal. Yep. Um, you know, sports are part of their future plans. Uh, this is not just like, I care about my sport. This is like, this is my ticket to go to where I want to go in college, in life and all of this stuff. And so even as you're, as you're saying this, I know some of them are, are, are swallowing hard right here because it's like, what does this mean? You know, like telling your coach, you won't be there on a Wednesday night in this day and age likely means you're sitting, you know, or yeah. you're sitting out, you know, you're not starting or you're uh, you, there. There are consequences that come along with this. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where you have to realize for you what that looks like, you know, like I, I can imagine if I was in your shoes right now, it would be tough to kind of sit here and go, well, what do I do with this now? This is this might not be just a, well, I guess Kyle and Derek said this, so now here's what we got to do. Uh, but it is something to consider is I believe God honors faithfulness in a really, really big way. And I believe that when you make priority to spend time with him and to, and to honor him in ways, uh, he opens things up. And so, you know, I, I just as an encouragement to to students out there, to parents out there, um, you know, it's important to to do these things. And I think that you have to decide for you what that looks like specifically. But this really kind of just boils down to like, you, you got to just learn healthy boundaries in all aspects of life. You know, I think we, we live in a day and age where we look at the Bible and we read about idolatry. We read about these idols and these people who would bow down and, and, and not chase God. And we're like, how are you so dumb? You know, like God's done all this stuff for you. And here you are like, like worshiping Baal or, you know, Asherah or whatever it is. But I think there are idols in our world right now that look very, very different, but are idols nonetheless. And I would dare say sports can become an idol where you consistently choose them over God. And I'm not here to say that if you don't go to church, you don't go to Wednesday, you don't go to youth group consistently, that you're, you know, in idol worship. I'm not saying that that's between you and the Lord, but I am saying that I do think we can put an overemphasis on anything, not just sports. And, you know, some of these things might be a little quote unquote controversial as Kyle is saying, but it's one of those things we want to get to the end of our life and go like, man, I, I was a really good athlete in high school or man, like I made lifelong friendships, lifelong memories, lifelong, lifelong defining moments in my high school years because I chose to do what was less status quo. Yeah, absolutely. I, to, to kind of make it personal, uh, you know, I ran track all four years of high school. Um, but I also quit playing football after my sophomore season in order to spend more time at church and diving into my faith. And so, you know, even for me, it was not a all of one or all of the other. Yeah. It was using a little bit of the discernment that God gives us yep. to, you know, figure out what, where my priorities needed to be because athletics was a huge passion for me especially in high school and still now. But at the same time, I knew that my faith was important. And so that was kind of the the answer for me. And we're not saying that you have to quit everything. We're just encouraging you to be willing to ask the question is, is kind of what this comes down to. And you got something? No, right. no, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to chime in on something, but I'm, I want to save it because I want to, I want to hear what you're going to go here. With yeah. Next. I just want to kind of say I, a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, in our youth service on Wednesday night, I actually preached 
uh, sort of along these lines yeah. uh, out of Mark chapter four, uh, which is the story of, it's, it's always funny because every Bible will, you know, they always have the little headings at the top of the section of what this next section is about. And every, pretty much every Bible will always say that this is the parable of the sower, right? And, and Mm -hmm. he's, he's thrown out all of these seeds and there's four different types of soil that the seeds fall on. Really, it should be the parable of the soils, right? Because that's where the The emphasis, that's, that's the emphasis. That's where the lesson is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but Jesus tells this parable, there's four different types of soil that the seed falls on. There's, there's the path, there's the rocky soil, the weedy soil, and then the good soil. And I, what we talked about on Wednesday night was with the when it comes to the weedy soil, uh, the the seed sprouts up uh, well, but is kind of choked out by weeds and, and other plants that are in the soil with it. And and the what I kind of talked about, and I challenged this. It's funny Derek mentioned the students that might be swallowing a little bit hard when they yep. hear, uh, you know, some of what you were saying. Like I had students like almost audibly like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when I was talking about this, mm-hmm. but. In order for plants to grow, they need proper spacing in the soil. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to just be weeds in this parable. Like if you plant too many tomato plants close together, they will choke each other out. And, and actually, if you plant tomato plants well apart from each other, they still might choke each other out. If you've ever grown tomatoes, my goodness, those things, like, they just explode. But anyways. <laughs> I kill succulents, man. What? Like I, I, I literally cannot grow anything. I can't even grow a beard, okay? So <laughs> in, ter- in terms of, like, growing things, it's just, it just not. Let the record show that Derek took that shot all by himself. I did. I didn't have to say it. Here's my whole philosophy in life. If you make fun of yourself first, no one can hurt you. That is a good point. Uh, that's incredibly an, depressing. Well, it is a little <laughs> depressing, yes. But uh, I actually, so I also frequently kill things uh, when it comes to greenery. Okay. But Thank you for my that wife has an amazing green thumb. She can mm-hmm. grow just about anything. And I actually, because of her, I have a plant in my office at church that has been there for about a year now. Wow. My office has no windows. <laughs> and I have kept that plant alive for at least a year. You know what? I am genuinely is, proud of you. Which was, is fun. I, I was going to give you a sarcastic clap, but that's actually like impressive. Thank so you. I give you Thank legitimate you. props, sir. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the, you know, the biblical application of this was, you know, in Mark chapter four, kind of what the point Jesus is trying to make is like, okay, that soil with the weeds in it, like you could almost argue that that soil is too fertile. Like, yes, the seed sprouted up and grew, but so did everything else around it. Yeah. And, and having that proper spacing uh, in our lives is really, really important because if we don't have proper spacing, the point Jesus is making here is that our faith is probably going to be one of the quicker things to fall by the wayside. Hundred percent, and this is this is adults too, right? You know, this is not this yeah, this is, is not, not just, just students, a, not just a teenage problem. You know, this is this is how much time are we? You know, as, as adults, you know, there are certain things that okay, like yeah, you can't necessarily move things around, like your job. Odds are you don't have a ton of flexibility to rearrange things, you know, uh, taking care of your kids, doing doing household things. But there are such a thing as like I, I get in these seasons where I have a tough time saying no to things, like because I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that, or 
Then I get behind and I push something back, which goes into the next week. And all of a sudden, there's this domino effect of crazy things. And so, you know, I think it's one of those things um, on a very practical sense. Um, and I know this is, we're looking at youth ministry, but I think this would be good for students too. Um, a Sabbath, really good thing. You know, like it's like a really, really good thing. Um, a Sabbath actually is a commandment. <laughs> so if, if we're really looking at One of like, 10. Yeah. So like, you know, for, for students in here, okay, maybe your Sabbath means that instead of training and working on your sport seven days a week, like you're making a Wednesday a Sabbath. You know, like you are making it a priority to get to a Wednesday. Adults, we really struggle with this. Like we need to figure out ways in which we say, I'm hitting the pause button. I know there are things I can be doing. I know I'm losing some efficiency, but I am choosing to rest. I am choosing to create that space because you won't just find space just by canceling things. You won't just find space by saying like, oh, I need to stop doing this in my life. Like that will help create temporary space, but good, legitimate, long lasting spacing is finding rhythms and patterns in your life in which you can manage what you're passionate about and what you need to do. And so like, what does that look like for you in your life? As Kyle said, maybe it's saying no to things and and not signing up for every activity under the sun. But, you know, maybe that just means like, I'm going to start choosing like, hey, I'm going to be all in on my sport, but maybe after this time on a Wednesday, I can't go to practice or whatever that looks like. So the last thing I would say too, um, and this was what I was going to say earlier before we jumped into the the parable of the soil. You like what I did there? I do. I appreciate that. Um, just as a word, and I know I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but um, <laughs> youth pastors, you'll get my heart here. If you have a student that says, you know what, I'm going to openly choose my sport over going to youth ministry. Do not, and I mean this, re- I repeat this, I underline this, I underscore this. Do not do- talk to them. Do Just <laughs> shun them immediately. <laughs> Thank you for finishing that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, but no, like, like, I hope you picked up Kyle's sarcasm. Like, <laughs> The antithesis to that, you know, like when they do walk back into your, into your midst months later, give them the biggest hug, say, it is so good to see you when they say, Hey, I'm sorry. I haven't been here. You know what? Don't say you should be sorry. Like, Hey, don't worry about it. We love that you're here. We love having you like students will, you can almost create the opposite problem. If you make them choose and you make them say it's either your sport or us, odds are you're going to lose and odds are you're not going to have them come and choose your ministry and odds are they're going to be really hurt by that. And so instead of fighting them, instead of making them feel bad, say, you know what? I am just pumped to see you here. Get to their games, get to, especially those students who are super involved. If that's the only chance you get to see them is when you're watching them ball out, get there. Yeah. I was going to say those would be the best games to go to. Like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, if, if the student can't come to you, then go to the student. Yep. Yeah. Because odds are, um, you know, here, and here's what I've noticed in my life is if you show students that you are genuinely interested in what they're passionate about, if you are genuinely invested into them as people and not them as a number in your stats, not them as a, here, you're my mission field. If you show a genuine interest in them, namely going to their play, going to their band concert, going to their choir recital, going to their game, you are going to show them that I care about 
you. And that is going to allow you to have conversations and moments down the road in which you now have an opportunity to speak into them and tell them about who Jesus is and have that moment with them. So don't forsake those moments. It might feel like just going to a game. It sometimes might feel like there's other things I can be doing, but it's amazing how just showing that interest in your students in their sport goes a long way into some very spiritual and very divine things. That's good. That's good. Don't be afraid to say no to some things in order to preserve the right priorities in your life. Get that on a t-shirt. Print it. Tattoo it. On your Stamp it on your forehead. <laughs> There it is. All right. That just about does it for this episode. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. On behalf of Derek, I think it's about time that I go plant a garden. Goodbye. Goodbye.